And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Genesis chapter 9 verses 12 to 16 Welcome to episode 7 of the podcast, No More Gromo, a Bible study. We are still going through the gospel according to St. John. Last day we discussed about the Samaritan woman and what does that mean for us if we are to act as evangelists. Today we are going to look at two other portions of chapter 4 of the gospel of John, where Jesus points us to signs some leading to revelations, and some confined to the building of faith. While he opposes the former, he criticizes the latter, and for good reason. Let us find out what are those signs and the reasons behind the narrator pointing them out. The relationship between God and man has always been based on signs and symbols. However, signs are counterintuitive to faith. In the book of Hebrews, the writer tells us in Hebrews 11 verse 1, Faith is assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Thus faith and science hardly go hand in hand. In most of the Bible stories, we see signs towards the anticlimax and not towards the beginning. Noah received the sign after the flood, not before it. Abraham received circumcision after he had left his home and was roaming in the plains. Incidents such as the burning bush are rare occurrences in the biblical narratives. God first provides with the instruction and then shows the miracles. Thus, we can understand why Jesus was loath to perform signs in the beginning of his ministry. Now, some scholars have a theory about the distinction between signs and miracles. The Gospel according to St. John contains a set of seven major signs, each of which are said to have a major significance regarding the divinity of Jesus Christ. These are the changing of water into wine at Cana as given in John chapter 2 verse 1 to 11. It is referred to as the first of the signs. Then we come to today's portion, healing of the royal official's son in Capernaum that we study in John chapter 4 verse 46 to 54. Again, it is mentioned as the second sign. Then we come to John chapter 5 verses 1 to 15 where Jesus is healing the paralytic at Bethesda. The feeding of the 5,000 is often seen as the fourth sign in John chapter 6 verses 5 to 14. John chapter 6 gives us another sign in verses 16 to 24 where Jesus is walking on water. Healing of the man blind from birth as given in John chapter 9, 1 to 7 is often considered the sixth sign. 
and the raising of Lazarus in John chapter 11 verse 1 to 45 is shown as the seventh sign. Now seven as we know is the number of completion. Nonetheless, we often find the eighth sign in the resurrection of Jesus himself. And today we are going to discuss the second sign. Specifically, these are signs of his divine authority. We did not forget that John portrays Jesus as the incarnate God and the purpose of the entire narrative is to point to his divinity. And starting from the material transformation of water to wine, he leads us up to Jesus' authority over life and death. The word sign can often be used in other connotations. A sign is an object, quality or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else. With that in mind, as we read the narrative, we find several signs to which Jesus himself points. As a matter of fact, since most of the narrative of John is symbolic in nature, we find a lot of hidden signs. Let us discuss what it means for us to explore such signs as well as prepare for the signs as shown by Jesus. Now there are many signs in the Gospel of John. The entire Gospel of John is rich in symbolism. Most of the symbols are not explained by the author and is left open to interpretation, making it a healthy source of theological discussions. There are hidden references to concepts like in the beginning there are numbers that are not explained like five porticos at the pool where the man was healed. Why are there five porticos mentioned here? Obviously each of them are a sign. Now in the gospel narrative there are also a set of symbolism used by Jesus himself these are mostly explained by messiah through word or action in the following narrative they are much less likely to be used for theological debates this brings us to the first part of the discussion jesus points out to the disciples that a harvest is ready in the middle of a desert with a well sitting in the midst of it at midday Let us look at what he is trying to say. John chapter 4 verses 31 to 35. Meanwhile the disciples were urging him saying, "Rabbi, eat." But he said to them, "I have food to eat that you do not know about." So the disciples said to one another, "Has anyone brought him something to eat?" Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet 4 months then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. When the disciples ask about food, Jesus refers to the task at hand. In Israel, food inadvertently referred to some form of bread which was obtained from grains. Jesus thus goes on to explain that his food is a divinely appointed work. His work sustains him. It is indeed not a healthy lifestyle for a follower of Jesus to adopt. Becoming a workaholic is never in the cards for a follower of Jesus because that involves taking less care of the body which is a temple of God and more care of a work that is distracting from the calling of Jesus. 
you are supposed to have a relationship with him first and work for him second this is not what jesus is talking about though jesus is referring to the sense of fulfillment on accomplishing his divinely appointed task the reference to the harvest is again twofold the harvest does provide the sustenance but that is not the only significance of the harvest the harvest being ready points towards accomplishment a farmer puts a lot of investment time energy seeds fertilizers to grow a crop and then he has to wait for the harvest the harvest being ready is good news for the farmer the harvest in itself is a twofold representation it represents the souls ready to receive the good news of the kingdom of god also the fact that the harvest is ready signifies that the kingdom of god is at hand we continue reading john john chapter 4 verse 36 to 38 already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together for here the saying holds true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap that for which you did not labor others have labored and you have entered into their labor as the harvest is ready there is a need for laborers the followers of jesus are the god appointed laborers for the kingdom of god At the same time Jesus informs us that it is a team effort one sows and one reaps one spreads the good news and the other brings in the souls the only proprietor of the souls is God if you notice in the narrative none of the disciples interact with the people of Samaria the Samaritan woman sows the seed of good news and that is where the harvest lay This next portion that we are looking towards is found at the end of chapter 4. Here Jesus is performing the second miraculous sign as recorded in the gospel according to John. John calls his miraculous works of Jesus as signs and not miracles. The synoptic gospel all refer them as miracles and there are also a lot many recorded there. The Gospel of Matthew alone knows more than 20 miracles. John records 7 only. Let's read John chapter 4 verses 46 to 48. So he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine, and at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. for he was at that point of death so jesus said to him unless you see signs and wonders you will not believe after being hounded by the pharisees for a sign to prove his authority jesus is intolerant of the people's need for assurance by the means of signs jesus asks for faith and is rewarded with an interrogation The faith based on miracles is superficial and although the spectators believe in the moment their mind often deludes them into coming to a logical conclusion. Faith on the other hand is a natural response of the heart and does not involve the machinations of the worldly brain. We continue reading John chapter 4 verse 49 to 50. The official said to him, "Sir, come down before my child dies." 
Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Please notice that faith is emphasized here, not the work. Jesus did not go to the child to lay upon him, to lay his hand upon him, to call him up from the bed. He spoke the word and his word is truth. Jesus exhibits his authority over human life and John notes it as a sign. We see the result in John chapter 4 verse 51 to 54. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. The very reason that the man asked for the time is that he was sure that it was Jesus' word that had cured his child. And his belief was strengthened by the testimony of his servants. Are our beliefs strengthened by the testimonies that we hear? Do we have testimonies that strengthen others? That is something we need to think about. And so we come to the close of today's study. We'll again meet next week and continue our study of the Gospel according to St. John.